Welcome to the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris. I'm your host. Joined as ever with my co-host extraordinaire, Andrew. How are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. Ready to talk a little wet, hot American summer? Yeah. Yes, that is our movie of the week, a bona fide cult comedy classic and we're going to be talking all things Wet Hot American Summer and the cast and crew that are behind this cult gem. A very, very funny movie if you haven't seen it. But before we get into the movie, I just want to remind everyone that the Cult Film Companion Podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cult Film Comp, C-U-L-T-F-I-L-M-C-O-M-P. We are also a featured podcast on the Blind Knowledge Collective Network at www.blindknowledge.com, which is a great site to find podcasts and videocasts from around the world from an assortment of creators that bring you the most interesting and entertaining topics around. So check out all the fine creators today at blindknowledge.com. We are also a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android that picks up the most trending articles based on the topics that you choose to follow and then reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Stop scrolling, start listening. Download and use Newsly for free today at www.newsly.me. And please use the promo code C-O-L-T-F-1-L-M. Cult film, drop the I, pop in a one, and enjoy a month free of Newsly's premium service, courtesy of the Cult Film Companion. So with all that hot dogging and grandstanding out of the way... We are here to talk about Wet Hot American Summer, which debuted at Sundance January 23rd, 2001. It then was released in New York City in a limited, um, and also other limited cities on July 27th, 2001. This movie was made on a budget of $1.8 million and grossed a very not-so-impressive $295,206. But it, it also had a very limited release schedule. This movie was written by David Wayne and Michael Showalter. Ma David Wayne and Michael Showalter are both cast members from the short-lived, it only had four seasons in the 90s on MTV sketch comedy show called The State. Uh, all members of the state have gone on to various degrees of success. If you have seen um, Reno 911, then you've seen a great deal of the cast of the state and uh, various, various other projects. So this was the first comedy that uh, David Wayne... David Wayne did a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff on the state. He wasn't so much a, um, a, a an actor but he did a lot of the editing and directing on the state, and this was the first movie that he directed along with his um, fellow uh, state member, Michael Showalter. David Wayne has since directed such movies as The Ten, which is a very interesting anthology comedy that has uh, ten sketches based on the Ten Commandments, and probably his best-known uh, uh film that he directed was Role Models, starring Paul Rudd and Stifler from American Pie. I can't remember the other actor's uh, name. Michael Sa something. Sean William Scott. S Sean, Sean William Scott? I think so. Kay. And it also had uh, Christopher Mintz-Plassey, best known for his role as uh, 
McLovin from Superbad as one of their uh, one of their little brothers. Okay. Um, but that's probably his best known uh, comedy film. Now, along with various members of of this of the state, let me read off some of this ensemble cast. We should, of course, say that this movie takes place during the last full day at a fictional summer camp set in 1981 and spoofs the sex comedies aimed at teen audiences from from the 80s. But along with um, Michael Showalter as the lead coop, we also have Janine Giraffalo as the camp director, David Hyde Pierce of Fraser fame as the uh, astrophysicist that lives next door and befriends the some of the the camp um, campers there, Molly Shannon uh, <laughs> plays the head of arts and crafts. Paul Rudd is one of the uh, um, camp counselors. Christopher Maloney of uh, Law and Order uh, SVU um, is our camp chef who's also suffering from some PTSD from Vietnam. Um, Elizabeth Banks in a very early role. Ken Marino, who is from the state, is sporting a very nice uh, white, af- well, white as he is white, but he's got a nice afro going on. And uh, Michael Ian Black and Bradley Cooper play lovers in this movie. Uh, Amy Poehler plays... Um, Another camp counselor, yeah. and um, she and Brad, are, she and Bradley are the are the drama counselors. They're in charge of the drama group. So um, this movie was shot over the course of, I believe, twenty one days. I want to say twenty eight days, and according to the director, um, it rained every single day. Some days heavier than usual, but it's very funny because in some indoor scenes. We were pointing it out. You can clearly see rain pouring down to the background. Yep, that's right. So, um, a lot of it does take place outside, so they must have really crammed those scenes in. Yeah, they really had the plan, and um, they all stayed at this camp when they were filming. Was it a real camp? I think so. It was an abandoned camp, I believe. Abandoned, okay. so they fixed it up for the movie, but they all stayed in the different bunks there, and they said that they had to... um, they had like wooden planks to connect like the different bunks and especially to like the dining hall because like the dining hall we have dining hall scenes but there was also that's where also the cast and crew ate okay like, like in the dining okay. hall so the, the 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 ground was so wet and muddy that they had to put like walking planks oh. for people to get back and forth but like you said a great deal of this takes place during the day and it does take place over the course of a day yeah now, if you're looking for a movie with a plot, I would say look elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> this is very much, and it works for me, it's very much feels like a bunch of little sketches kind of loosely linked together. Yeah. But the characters are so quirky, and the just the assortment of characters with this cast that I just mentioned really managed to pull off a very, very funny hour and a half. Andrew, this was your first time seeing the movie, and your only other familiarity was you had seen Role Models. Right. That David I, w- I actually used to love Role Models. I used to love that movie. I've seen it several I've seen it several times. Okay. Yeah. So and I showed you, unfortunately, due to um, MTV and copyright restrictions, it's very hard to get um, clips of the state online and so the state aired for four seasons in mtv i loved it it was very very funny one of my favorite sketch comedy shows but because they were on mtv they very often utilized popular music of the time in their sketches which made it an absolute nightmare when they wanted to release this onto dvd and blu-ray okay it did happen but basically what they had to do was um they took out all the the, the pop music because like it would have been a licensing nightmare. Okay, and basically ha- they hired a, a a musician from a band, a, a popular band. I can't remember his name at the time to compose music to kind of mimic what was originally played. <laughs> so um, you can get the state 
on DVD and Blu-ray. I had it at one point. It was lost at some point during moving, but it is a brilliant show. Very, very funny stuff. But the soundtrack's going to be different than when it originally yes. aired. Yeah. Okay. So you have to keep that in mind. I mean, what one of the things I, I did like about uh, Wet Hot American Summer is that it seemed like a lot of the music was original. Yes. Even though it was in the style of the early 80s. Right. Uh-huh. And I think that was a very conscious effort on David Wayne's part because he knew the headaches of what happened with the state. Right. So he's like, well, I can't let that happen with this movie. And John Waters always says, you know, get, you know, don't use songs that have already been recorded and released. Find a local band and have them write your so- songs and your soundtrack. I love that idea. They seem to have done that with Wet Hot American Summer. Right. And because of John Waters' theory, that's why we have the genius of female trouble song from right the movie that we did like That's that right. was original music and he just rewrote lyrics the to lyrics. it yeah um so note to all you filmmakers out there uh don't rely so much on copyrighted music because it will bite you in the <laughs> ass now that being said this movie is very unique because we attempted to do this last summer but this movie is exclusively now on if you can buy the dvd i'm I think the DVD and Blu-rays are out of print. I've owned a copy since, and this movie came out in 2001, so I've owned a copy for well over 10 years now. But if you want to find it, it's exclusively on Netflix. And the reason is that this movie has developed such a cult following that Netflix commissioned two separate miniseries for this um, movie. So not even a series. It was. It had a, you know, a, a beginning episode and an ending episode already in the can. Right. Okay. So they did one. Two of those. Two of did. those. Okay. One miniseries was the um, leading up to this movie because this movie takes place on the last day of camp. So there was one miniseries leading up to this movie, and then there's a very funny scene in this movie where they're all talking about. Getting together 10 years from now on this very day. It's very funny. They're all talking. They're like, well, let's make it like 9, 9.30. You know, make let's make a day of it. And uh, the guy's like, well, let's say 9, but we all kind of show up around 9.30. And one guy's like, no, we should be mature adults by then. You should make it your business to be there at 9.30. Plus, I have something at 11. Right, I just can't right, change it. 10 years from now. <laughs> um, and there's a deleted scene where we do actually see um, them 10 years later. There's a brief deleted scene. Oh, was that, a, was that a deleted scene? I thought that was after the credits. No, that was a credits. deleted scene. Okay, okay. And then, so the other miniseries is... Uh, Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later. So we see all these characters 10 years later. Okay. I have unfortunately not seen these series yet. Um, you haven't? No. And, and the original cast is in both of them? Yes. Even the, the first series? Yes. So they, and to get... Were they young you enough f- to play Earl, you know, before Wet Hot American Summer takes place? Here's the thing. Well, this movie is not interested in being no, I mean, grounded they, they, in reality. No, they don't, they, don't, they don't look as young as they should be in a lot of cases. No. So they, yeah. they have no interest in that. They're, this movie, and what I kind of like about this movie is, this movie really doesn't want you to think. It wants you to be kind of like, it just wants you to, it wants to entertain you and it wants to make you laugh. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wants to kind of spoof a lot of the kind of tropes of 80s summer camp movies. Right. Um, one of my favorite, well, two. I have two scenes in particular that I love that they kind of really spoof some of the, um, the very common um, plot points that a lot of these movies go through. Is There's this one scene where the camp director is going into town... And all the all the people, they're like, oh my god, she's going into town. So they all pile into the back of her pickup truck. And then we get this montage of them in town. And it starts out very innocently. They're smoking cigarettes. They're eating french fries. And then it morphs into them doing hard drugs, m- robbing people. And then, like, they're all strung out in a crack house. Right. <laughs> so, like, it kind of takes this trope because, like, I've seen this a lot in other 80s summer camp movies. They, You know, they, they got an hour out of town, so they go and they get some pot. And they, they score some beer and maybe they pick up some girls. But this movie's saying, 
yeah, well, we've seen that all before. What would happen if these people just did, like, vile shit? For, and it doesn't last long. It's, like, 30 seconds of them. Like, they they rob an old lady. They start doing cocaine. Then they're shooting up. And then they're on their way back to, to on their way back to camp. They're in a crack house. And I think they're even melting stuff in a spoon, if I'm correct. Oh, yeah, they're shooting up, yeah. And then they come back to camp, and they're fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like they had a, you know, all they did was drink a beer. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that, that was, that's very much just um, satirizing these kind of, like, summer camp things. Okay. And then the other thing that I, I uh, another aspect that I loved of, um, is that um, one movie in particular, I'm, this is the only one I know for sure, is um, Ernest Goes to Camp. But there's a lot of these um, meatballs. And there's a, in the 80s, there was a lot of summer camp comedies. Yeah. And one of the big things that happens in a lot of these summer camp comedies is they have this rival camp. Right. That can't beat them in, like, softball or kickball or something. Right. And then they put together their ragtag group of misfits and they say, we're going to win with this this bizarre play that wouldn't work anywhere else. And there's a scene in this movie where <laughs> Coop is sitting down with his team and he's like, all right, team. It's like our dreaded rivals are here any minute for softball. And we've got a ragtag group of myth. Like, he breaks down the tropes of it. He's like, so... You know, and we're only going to win if we get this special play pulled off. And one of the kids just raises his hands and goes, Coop, this all sounds very, very contrived. He goes, really? And then a, a, another girl goes, yeah, this just sounds, you know, like it's been done before. And he, go, he just turns to the rest of the group. He goes, does everybody feel this way? And they all nod their heads. And then you see the rival team pull up in a school bus. And he walks over and talks to the coach. And they shake hands and he shrugs and they just drive away. There is no big climatic because that would be the climax of a lot of these summer camp movies. Would right. be this game, and instead they forfeit the game. They, they're, they're just like they're like they were totally cool with it. Yeah. So I kind of liked that they just were just like fuck. It. Like they're gonna take they're gonna take these very common, well beaten plot points. Yeah, cliches and just fucking make fun of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so, yep, yep, um, yep, 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 yep. first time watch. What did you? What do? You, what did you think? Um, I was. <laughs> I know this is. I know this is a personal favorite of yours. You said you and your brother used to rent the single copy from the video store, right. And watch it all the time. And you guys were how old? Like fifteen, sixteen? No. So I was probably two thousand one. So I was. Eighteen. Okay, and All right. he was uh, so he would have been uh fifteen or sixteen. Okay, so no, maybe I was like ni- I was like nineteen twenty, and he was probably about eighteen. Okay, and this would be a, a this would be a of something that we would bring to show our friends. Okay, that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this movie at all until it started having a midnight run. At uh, Cinema Village in the East Village in uh, in New York City when I lived there, and I remember seeing the poster for it, you know, midnight showing, um, and that was my and I remember looking at the cast and being very surprised, uh, but that was that I was completely unaware of it before then, and so this was years later when right. it actually had a midnight. Oh showing, yeah yeah yeah. Midnight this, uh, run. Well, like I said, this movie. Had a very limited release. I believe that it was actually released by USA, and I don't know if this company is associated with the USA network, but this was not a big company that distributed it. So it 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 would open in New York City and like LA and maybe like Chicago. This was very much well. It's interesting because you think of a movie like this as having a wide release, but the movie is. <laughs> It's uh, first of all, it is rated R straight up, and all the pretty much all the content is in it is is mature. Yes. Um, I was I was just I okay. I am far from being a prude. I, I I'm not at all. But there was so much mixing up of sexual situations and sexual innuendos between the the counselors and the kids at the camp that it kind of it's kind of mind numbing and it's just like uh, you 
there are moments where I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And how appropriate is this? It was like, I was asking I, myself that a lot. And I'm not someone that, you know, is going to harp on stuff like this, but I couldn't help but notice it throughout this whole movie. No, I'm I, just saying. I, 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 I want to say, <laughs> the, so, again, this cast, you got to remember this is 2001. Right. So, it's a miracle that they kind of all came back to do this miniseries, because we're talking some really big names now. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, and they weren't so big back then. No. Right. Like I said, I think this was Bradley Cooper's, probably one of his first theatrical movies. Yeah. Same with Elizabeth Banks. Okay. Um, All right. So, and then, so we got, and then, I don't know when Law and Order took off, but I mean, everyone knows Christopher Maloney now from Law and Order. Right. But it was pretty much, I think it was before he was doing it. He looks a lot younger than in the Law and Order episodes that I've seen him. And I know Law and Order ran for 100,000 right. years. So we got to say... So we gotta, I, was it before he actually did that at all? I, I'm not sure. Okay. Because there's been so many different... <laughs> there's so been many so many different Law and Orders. Law and orders. I know. I, um, I don't know which, exactly which one he was on. He, he might have been on more than one. I think it was SVU. But anyway, yeah. So yeah. he... So anyway, I think I said SUV, and that's not... S Special Victims Unit. Yeah, SV, I, I'm, SUV. I'm personally waiting for Law and Order SUV, where all the cops drive around in an SUV. It's uh, all SUV related crimes. Right, right. So if I if I see this come up, uh, Dick Wolf, you owe me some money. Uh, Law and Order SUV, make it happen. <laughs> now, now there. So there are two ways for me to approach this. One is is in terms of its. Um, uh, inappropriateness, which can work for it or against it. Uh, I, I, you sent me, you sent me clips from the state, right? And you said that they weren't very good clips from the state because the really good clips are caught up in this uh, gridlock that you're talking about. The ones I, I was actually happy to realize that I didn't understand the humor in the clips that you sent me. It helped me. It helped. It helped me understand the movie more, and why I couldn't quite get the movies. The, there is a lot that's very, very funny in this movie. Yes, there is. The clips that you sent me, I honestly, I couldn't. I didn't get the humor. I couldn't. I couldn't get into it. I. I didn't find it funny. It's. It's. That's. And that's why I thought they were Canadian for some reason, like Kids in the Hall. You know, but Kids in the Hall, I. I, I understand their humor. I don't understand the state's humor. I don't get their. No, I don't get and them. I, really. And I think for me, the, fa the I, I think I have such an affinity for this movie is because I watched all four seasons of the state. and you loved it. You really got into that. But like I yeah. said, unfortunately, the only the clips I can find you, yeah. like the first clip that I found was there's no dialogue. It's a spoof on serial commercials, but everyone's like, D -d -d -d. like, yeah, and I don't want. I don't want to. This is not. Um, I am clear. I am just mimicking. And Andrew can back me up. This is exactly what the the, the what are you, what are you the sketches. Of, that you're making fun of like people who can't speak. Yeah, because oh, it's very much They're like making fun of like a the family. Ki the kid sits down at the table and is like, like do, 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 do. <laughs> and like the mom pulls out like it's like sugar crisp and she's like. And then the milkman comes in and he's like da, 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 with a glass of milk, and so it's like thirty seconds long, but like. So, like, there's a genius to it, but there's also, like, this real, real juvenile aspect to yes. it as well. See, that's so it's kind of like, which, what am I watching here? Is this, is, this, is this really genius, or is this really brilliant, or are they just pandering to the lowest common denominator? I guess that's part of my deal. And, with, I, and with I, very, I, I think you, you put it very succinctly, because that's what this movie is. There's some very, very clever dialogue. Mm -hmm. And then there is some stuff that a third grader would make up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so they're riding this very fine line. Mm -hmm. Like, one of my favorite interactions is Janine Jarofalov is, uh, she's, got a, she's got a crush on David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> and she walks over to him, and he's so awkward that like she's they like both are they're both super yeah. awkward yeah and he's doing some gardening and like she walks over and like she's like oh hi you know i i work at the camp and he goes oh yeah yeah i don't and she goes 
no, I, I know. I'm the camp, camp director. I would know if you worked there. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. And then he just, like, hands her a spade. Yeah, and she tosses it. She tosses it, and then we get a very generic glass-breaking noise. You never see the glass break, but you just hear it. Well, you see it in the deleted scenes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It, Decapitates a little gnome or something, yeah. a little statue. But she's you like, hear those breaking sounds a lot through oh, the yeah, yeah, off yeah. in the distance, I, I, off screen. And that's part of the juvenile stuff. Yeah, sure. It, sure. But I mean, that's more kind of like madcap, you know, like Mel Brooks kind well, of stuff. Well, there's there's lots of scenes of people like dropping plates and stuff. You hear a lot of. But but, but back to I mean yeah. But back to the scene I, I'm talking about. She goes, so um, what do you think about um maybe coming over and teaching some of the kids some science? You know, it's the last day of camp. He goes, no, nah, no, I couldn't. She goes, it might be fun. He goes, no, 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 no. She goes, well, you know, I really just think the kids. And he just, he just, he's being very calm. That all of a sudden his delivery is, I said no. I know. <laughs> You're just like, whoa. <laughs> and then he goes back to being very calm and collective. But so like, there's aspects of that. Like they earn that joke. Is very very funny. It's uh-huh. it's scripted very well and it's directed very very well. But then there's like you said, there's a lot of juvenile, bizarre. It's and then there's really shit weird. that's just straight up bizarre. That like just does not fit in. It's some really weird stuff. It's interesting to me that the 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 gay love story is actually treated with very little humor whatsoever. It seems to be one of the things that they treat the most honestly and most reverently, uh, which well, is funny, which it's, is funny in and of itself. They mislead you what they think that, you, that because they find out... It's funny, there's three three counselors and they all watch the girls skinny dipping right. and the one guy leaves. Right. And and then they, they find out that he's having, you know, he's in, not even having an affair. He's in a re- committed relationship with well, Bradley they, Cooper. They're having a wedding ceremony. They're having a wedding ceremony. And, but their, their dialogue, when they see the wedding ceremony, and again, I don't mean this is offensive. I'm simply repeating lines Stop from the movie. about being offensive. Okay. They go, McKinley's a fag. <laughs> and, then, and then the other guy's response is brilliant. He goes, what are we going to do? I'm like. You don't have to do anything. Like, this doesn't affect you. And then you say... And then the, there's this scene at dinner time where um, McKinley and Bradley Cooper are sitting there together. And they kick the door open. They're like, McKinley, this is for you. And they bring in this... They go, what is it? An attache? I think it's a chaise lounge. <laughs> a chaise lounge from yeah, Great and Barrel. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Which, I mean, that... <laughs> That could be an offensive joke in and of itself. I rem- uh, you know what? I remember seeing Steel Magnolias, and there was that joke about uh, gay men loving track lighting, uh, and, and that's in the movie. And I remember thinking that that was uh, stereotypically offensive back then. Uh, but So it is. It's a punchline. It's a joke. But my point is that the actual... The moments with those two guys are treated basically without any humor. No, it's, it's all very. It's all very. Uh, it's if there's any ro- real romance in this movie, that's kind of where it's played out. Oh, the romance between the men and women is completely toxic. Their their relationship is probably the most. The only solid. one that's yeah. That's, that's a really solid relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I also want to say like, okay, so let me bring my own experience of of summer camp because you didn't go to summer camp i didn't yeah did you i went to i went to day camp i never did the overnight stuff okay i did both okay yeah so and i did a lot of summer camp up in maine i did it okay Uh, so uh and around that time it was at that time so i remember what it was like it wasn't it it wasn't it wasn't very much like this movie (laughs) I, i have to say however there was this feeling of it's not, and it's not that there weren't, you know, rivalries between people. Um, but there was, a, no, over, I remember as a child, an overwhelming feeling of acceptance from these summer camps that I went to. We're all kind of like in it together for one week, two weeks, however long it is. I was, um, I was pretty gay. I was just going to say it. Like, my favorite movie at that time was Annie. Annie had just come out. So I was running around singing Annie songs like for the whole time that I was there. So were you took you like thirteen? So this would it came out in eighty two. So twelve. I would have been twelve. 
This this movie's set in eighty one. Okay, so a year later. Okay, no, I'm just, saying, just saying, <laughs> yeah, 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 just yeah. Just but I mean, come on. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. What, what's no, going to no. be different about summer camp in eighty two than eighty one? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so, 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 um, so it was. And, you know, there were people, there may have been people that made fun of me, but for the most part, it was just, it was fine, it was accepted. So, even even things that were, you know, would have gotten uh, a lot of social ostracism would, did not happen when I was in summer camp. And it was, it was, it was great. It was, it, everybody always bonded. The counselors always bonded with the kids. Right. You know, it's, it was a good feeling. We don't see a lot of that in this movie, but we do see glimpses. Like there's the one counselor who's teaching the kids how to play the guitar. And then we've got the, the kids that like to go hiking. The ones that want to go right, white water rafting. The ones that like the arts and crafts. Yeah. And there's no, there's no bullying amongst these campers. Right. I mean, the the worst we get is a scene that a, a kid comes up and wants to play Dungeons and Dragons with a bunch of girls and they kind of shrug him off and call him a douchebag and then his response is brilliant. He's like, that is a, a hygienic product. I consider that a compliment. Yeah. And walks away. Yeah, yeah. The only, like, bullying in this movie and let's be honest, this kid had it coming is the kid that's running this radio station that uh, is not plugged in or plugged into anywhere in broadcasting. He's basically spent the entire summer pretending to have a radio show and literally not bathing. So the only time that I can ever consider bullying, like, they all, all the counselors are like, they're like, listen, your parents are coming tomorrow. You are covered in dirt. Like, you need to shower. And they force, you know... I don't even consider that bullying. Yeah, that's just kind of like know, that's all, that. This is what well, that's frats the, do to initiate. Well, yeah, it's not. You know? e- you're right. It's not even bullying because it's not like it's not like the, the terrorizing sec- him. It's They're not like this boy ha- take a bath, take th- a shower. It's like yeah. you got to figure they've been there for months. This kid has not bathed in months, and they're like, "Your parents are coming. Like we cannot give you back to your parents." Having not bathed in months. Yeah, that's gross. And I told you, I had a friend around that time who. Uh, I won't say his name, who um, who tricked his parents because he would go into the bathroom and run the shower, put a little, put a little, get his hair wet, and that was it, but he wouldn't shower. And they noticed, they noticed that he was just getting stinkier and stinkier as time went by, and they finally figured it out. They were like, you're faking your shower, <laughs> you're faking your showers. <laughs> I, yeah. Why? He just didn't want to do it. Just like this kid in the movie. Okay. Yeah, just didn't, right. didn't want to shower, didn't want to get his body all wet. In My Fair Lady, they there's a whole scene where they they basically force Eliza Doolittle to take a bath because she I don't think she's ever taken a bath in her life. She lives <laughs> on the streets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's and it's a great scene actually. Like there's all steam and you see her face, Audrey Hepburn's face popping out and screaming, "No!" Yeah. Like they're like they're abusing her, but they're just scrubbing her down. And and there, you know, so this movie, yeah, there's not. It's, it's just a very bizarre movie. You need to be, you need to have the right sense of humor, like you said, because some of it is very, very smart, and some of it is ju- straight up juvenile, and some of it is really shocking. I mean, you've got. Uh, uh, oh, we should mention that th- there are off-screen deaths of campers. The kids, yes, kids, kids do die in this movie. I mean, yeah. Now this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. So I mean, I, you know, I, I, I justifiably find elements of this movie disturbing, um, or or unsettling is a better word to say. Uh, but, well, what's the dude from 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 L.A. Law? Not L.A. Law. Christopher Maloney, <laughs> the chef. On order. He's humping a refrigerator. In front of everybody, and I mean everybody. Well, let's let's build up to what happens. Every so often, he will say stuff, and his assistant will hear. He, he like he goes like, "We've got two hours to make five gallons of bug juice. Do you know where the packet, like the the sugar packets are?" He goes, "Yes, they're in the canteen." He goes, "Yeah, they're in the shelf next to my dick cream." Right. You should have ignored... He goes, please ignore that last part. He goes, did you just say you've got 
dick cream. And there's another scene. He goes, all right. Well, you've got this covered here. I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. He goes, what did you just say? I need to go write my wife a letter. No, you just said you're going to go fondle your sweaters. And then he gets a very beautiful motivational speech from a talking can of mixed vegetables. Yes. And that's uh, uh, not figuratively. That's literally a can of vegetables talks to him and tells him to be who he is. So he comes out and, and after dinner and tells everyone how happy it is that he has been able to cook for them for all these months. And then he ends his speech with, and now I have to go hump the fridge. And the guy wheels out of refrigerator. Christopher Maloney of Law & Order mounts, this revi- mounts the refrigerator and starts humping it. And everybody cheers. And everybody all. cheers. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where to go with this. Yes. Okay. I, that's, so I mean, <laughs> so there's there's one example. Um. All right. <clears throat> I don't know where to go. I don't. I don't know how to keep going with this. There's really <laughs> the thing is there's some stuff that's just like what, what why? the fuck <laughs> and why. Molly Molly Shannon gets um some very good uh advice about how to deal with, <laughs> I can relate to this, how to deal with a breakup um, from a boy who's one of the camp guests. Is that what they're called? He's a, he's, camp he's a camper. He's, he's a, a camper. camper. He's a camper. And um, and it blossoms into basically um, something that could be interpreted as, as a romance between uh, the two of well, them. Well, they straight up saying they're getting married at the end. They actually did say <laughs> <laughs> I can't... What? <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, this movie, there's real. Unlike other episodes where me and Andrew really like dive in and talk about themes and like stuff, there's really this movie is just a comedy. There's nothing. Well, I mean, okay, you can say it's just a comedy, but I mean, I'm gonna have to say it. I'm gonna have to bring in like. Um, how do I do this? It's not a Christian camp. Okay, first of all, no. let's just let me let me go about it this way. Okay, it's not a Christian camp that they're going to because I know people who go to Christian camp and they tell me what Christian camp is like. This I would call. I'm not, yeah. This is a good way of putting it. This is what I would call the opposite. So I mean, they do a production of Godspell, and when the cross lights up on the stage, it gets booed by the audience. Um, so. This, instead of going to a Christian camp, you would be going to the opposite type of camp to be completely, um, I don't know, free in terms of, like, to the extent of being anarchists, basically. This camp is, ba- yes. like, and this, is, and this is what camp is, and this may actually be, I'm not, I didn't do the research about camps, but this may be kind of the origin, they uh, David Hyde Pierce says that uh, camps originated in the Catskills in 1903. It just makes me wonder what the whole impetus was. It's like, let's get a bunch of kids together and then they can do whatever they want, you know, for this time. And we'll just, you know, we'll say that it's all good fun. But it's actually, you know, it's like it's uh, it's 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 like a frat. Yeah, it's like a frat for kids, basically. So it, <laughs> you made a very interesting point. And I'm glad I didn't bring this up until now. Okay. So this is very much not a Christian camp. No. This script was based... So the script by David Wayne and Michael Showalter were, was based on their own experiences at camp in the 80s. Okay. And David Wayne, I don't know about Michael Showalter, David Wayne is Jewish, and so he went to a Jewish... I wonder what that camp. was like. They actually have Jewish camps? I'm thinking kind of what we saw... was well, it Would have been a Jewish camp. Well, there were a lot of Jewish characters in this. Yes, yes, there were. Yeah. Do you think a Jewish camp would boo the cross at God's... <laughs> I don't know. I think that's, that's a, a good question. That, I that's, think that's a good question. But I mean, that's a good question, but that's in one interpretation. But I mean, I think, I think within the context of the movie, it's like, wait, I mean, you know, let's just say it. 
we don't want anything to do with Christ. We're on. We're at camp. Right. That's basically. Basically. That's basically yeah. what's going on. Okay. But then we again, don't need to discuss this no. any further. What? But then again, of course, this talent show is absurd. First of all, the MC, who's also played by Michael Showalter, so Coop, he's the guy wearing all the old prosthetics. He was the MC, the one that was doing these fucking terrible country club jokes about how old he is. And he's very Jewish. He's very Jewish. He's, he's like, what I... And it's actually, it's actually stupid, but, but, it's, but it's stupid as hell, and they have everyone overreacting yes. with their laughter. Yes, I mean, yeah, there is... Because... I don't get this humor! Okay, okay. <laughs> it's... I get it, but I don't get it at the same right. time. You, you, it's very, I would say, irrever, irreverent. Irreverent. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of humor this is. It it's is. very... It um, is. Which is Jew- very Jewish. A lot of Jewish humor right. Humor is irreverent. Uh, if you t- if you want to get really irreverent, you know, watch The Producers by Mel Brooks. The right. whole springtime for Hitler is sure. about as irreverent as you right. can get. But the thing with that, that, that's got a very clear, concise plot. Yeah. With v- well, and it's... Right. Go ahead. This and it, movie... And its intent is very clear. This movie is... It's, Random as hell. It is. It's, it's totally random, random as, as hell. hell. And Which so is, you can't really. And this is what I was saying to you when we were watching the movie. Before you were like, "Are you digging it?" I'm like, I was like, I'm still. It's a. It's like this effect where I'm still in shock from the previous scene, right? And now I'm getting shocked all over again with the current scene. So I know I don't have time to assimilate all this crazy, random, shocking stuff. So, that's being put in front of me. So another reason this was very popular with me, my friends, and my then I passed it on to my brother who, and his friends. This is the perfect movie if there's five or six of you hanging out because there's going to be side conversations. Everyone's, you know, like you might watch 20 minutes of the movie and laugh and then a conversation will distract you for 15 minutes. You're not missing anything plot-wise. No, it's episodic so, enough. So it's very much a hangout movie where you don't need to be... Like, if someone's on their phone or somebody starts a conversation, you're not going to be, shh, I'm missing something here. No. It's kind of like... And this would happen. Uh, oh, my God, the movie's over. Um, you guys still down to chill? Yeah. Uh, just watch the movie again? Yeah, okay. turn, start it over. Because it's not... Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if we're gonna have closer inspection on it, there's a lot of really fucked up shit going on in there this is. flick. Yes. There really is. But which but is like why it should be rated R. But right. it's still it's still I mean I d- like I don't know I honestly don't know what to think about so it. So a lot I of I don't it- know how I feel like I should have a stance. Uh, about it, and I can't. And I can't so, really. I can't really. I mean, I can say. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say they they tone down certain aspects. Well, we saw certain things in the deleted scenes, right. which were even more, you know, right, um, explosive in, in certain ways. But in particular, one of the things that they 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 tuned down was the um, yes, Molly Shannon is going through a divorce. And she's pouring her heart out to this arts and crafts thing. And like you said, th- this this young kid who can't be, I I got to say, he's still in single digits. I don't even think he's 10 yet. Probably. Doing arts, arts and crafts. Who's yeah. giving, give, giving uh, obviously, very scripted advice. It was a very well-written script. Yeah. But very good advice about how to get over a... a and giving and her that, massages as well. Yeah, well, that's the yeah. thing. So then he starts, like, rubbing her shoulders and, like, he's digging his elbow into the, the she's neck. She's like, ooh, yeah. And, and they're role-playing. She's like, pretend that I'm, like, so-and-so yeah. on the phone. Yeah. Um, That relationship was originally <laughs> scripted to be more... Uh, of a romance? Yeah. And they basically toned it down to where it's a very implied romance, and then there's a throwaway line about them getting married. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but that's, again, this movie, you look at the cover art, and it's very kind of goofy and silly. Well, it looks it looks exactly like one of the, it looks like a meatballs It does, and that was on purpose. Yeah, and, absolutely. I mean, it's very, very 80s, and early 80s. It's very R. That's the it thing. It is very R. Like if it you think that you're gonna and and things life was, life was more rated R back then, even for kids. Um, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it definitely earns its R rating. Yes, it but, does. But I totally get it because this is not. If you're looking for 
a comedy that's got like one like a plot line that you go along through. Like I said, this is Well, you don't need one for a summer camp movie. Though. No, that's the you yeah, don't. That's yeah. what I said. This is one day in the life of a summer camp and it's goofy. Yeah. Sometimes the the humor is borderline disturbing. I find it just very very funny. Um it pushes okay, it pushes what's their deal, man? I can't suss it out. It pushes buttons. There's button pushing going on. There is button pushing going on. Uh, at least with me. And then it's... But it's all done in this... It's it's pretty much kind of chaotic. The whole thing. And I know it's the last day of summer camp, which, which can be chaotic. But it's done in this total... It's just chaos, like, basically, from right. beginning to yes. end. What's going on. And there is... There are relationships that form and fall apart um, throughout all of this, and that that is very much what summer camp is like. You are only there for a period of time. <laughs> and so you have that freedom of being able to uh, let down your guard with someone that you might not norm- normally let your guard down right. with, at least not as fast as you would. Coop gets the girl, the next day loses the girl. Right. Um, now, wait a minute. So Coop... Is Coop the one with the bowl haircut? Yeah, the shit. He also plays the MC. Yes. That's a dual role for yes. him? <laughs> it was very Jewish and talking about when I was doing arts and crafts, I was doing you know, cave drawings. I know, I know. Which, I know. And it's very much a play on, hello, mother, hello, oh, father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. cheesy jokes, but and it wouldn't work except that the audience is directed to laugh like they're at a fucking Chris Rock oh, comedy show. Oh, they're screaming with laughter. And the, ah, jo- ah, the jokes ah, ah, are not... Slapping their and the, thighs. And that's the funny... It's kind of anti-humor because the jokes he's telling are not funny. Right. So, they wouldn't be funny to right. anyone, let alone this group. Right. So the, the real humor comes from them like dying of laughter of this guy who's like... Where, yeah, he's very much like a country club, like old washed up yeah. comic yeah, yeah. who like wrote the original one-liners. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I remember when they said sticks of stones yeah. would break your bones. And they meant it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not funny. But then you watch the audience. and prehistoric times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, yes. But, I mean, and then, so Coop gets the girl, loses the girl. And then one of my favorite, like, throwaway little lines of dialogue are like, so, oh, oh, we should mention that there's a space station that's going to crash into camp. <laughs> we should. <laughs> right, with the astrophysicist, like, locating it. It's, it's, it's so, it's so right. preposterous. But anyway, he it's ends so up, pre- yeah. He ends up getting a job at NASA, and him and Janine Giroflo, he's like, I just got it, I got the, I got the word from NASA, they're gonna fly me down to Cape Canaveral, and I told them we need tickets for two. And then they promised that every summer they're gonna fly you here in a private jet so you could run this camp. Uh-huh. And you know how we've had that trouble with conceiving? And she goes, stop. It's happened. I'm pregnant. Keep in mind, they've been together for 24 hours. It's so, That's like... That's right. She is pregnant. That's right. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Oh, this movie man. is so bizarre. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. So, all right. Some other some other uh, things that I want to mention, just other movies and other people. Sure. I mean, there's, there's a, there is a Farley Brothers aspect going on with all of this in terms of pushing the envelope. Yes. Yeah. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's so, that they came... Before. They were before. Yep. They were before. Okay, with their movies, um, there's a strangers with candy aspect to this as well. You yes, know, that kind of humor. I already mentioned kids in the hall. Yes. So I know this type of you know stuff. Right. But for some reason, with the state, I I can't click the switch. Uh, I really wish that I had some of the classic sketches to show you. Okay. That you would you would. You, you will start to get, you, and again, I think that's what really helped with me loving this movie is because I had four seasons of the state. Okay, okay. Well, and as I said, I loved role models. Now I'm now if I were to watch it again, I don't know. See, maybe I am a little. I'm not a prude though. Trust me. But like, I just see things now differently, and I know I know our culture has changed drastically to kind of uh, highlight the ele- certain elements in entertainment and society. So I don't know how role models would fare with me now, but I thought it was 
the thing I loved about role models is that the relationships were real, that they were genuine and heartfelt. And there is a lot of that in this movie, too. Mm -hmm. So as long as that's the overriding, uh, you know, energy, then then you can get away with a lot. Yes. Uh, and and I remember I remember having a lot of older guys who were kind of my buddies and my role models uh, when I was really young. And they were anything but perfect. And I knew that they partied and I knew that they screwed around. Um, and it was like, okay, I mean, I spent, I lived on a KOA campground for a whole summer. That was really? a summer camp. Wow. Yeah. yeah, when my mom and I moved up to Maine, we, we pitched tent in a KOA campground. She got a job working for them and we stayed there. No we, way. Yeah, and that okay. was the beginning, beginning of us living in Maine. And I wish we had stayed in that town because the friends that I had made there, that I ended up going to school with there, that was those were very special bonds. We ended up moving again to a different town, unfortunately. Uh, but that would have been very healthy for me to have stayed uh, with those people in that town. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, I knew that back in the trailer over at the back of the campground, you know, don't don't go there if you smell weed, basically. <laughs> you just keep your distance. Uh, but these guys, I mean, it was, it was, it was important for me growing up, especially, I won't get too much into my personal life, but it was good for me to have these, uh, these older guys as my role model at that time, as okay. my role models at that time. Camp is, and I felt the same way going to summer camp as well. I mean, I, I'll just say it. I didn't have a father around at that time. So, so it was important to me. And also the f older females as well. The camp counselors were very influential in my uh in my growing up actually during these times so i i think we yes this movie is very you you see two very different comedic sensibilities coming from michael showalter and david wayne because like you like you said um wet hot american some of this movie is kind of chaotic kind of all over the place the 10 directed by david wayne is an anthology. It's Paul Rudd, and then he introduces um, a comedic sketch based on each of the Ten Commandments. So there's no real like plot. It's it's very sketch. And then you have something like Role Models, which is very much a very studio. Mm -hmm. R. It's, mm -hmm. it's an adult comedy, but it's a very studio mm -hmm. comedy. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, so you get to see these different sensibilities, and on a couple of um of things for people to check out, you included. Um, there is an online web series that David Wayne does called Wayney Days. Um, <laughs> him and Michael Ian Black, who was uh, uh, McKinley, the gay counselor. Right. Um, David Wayne, the three of them had a sketch show on Comedy Central that lasted one season called Stella. S T E L L A. Stella is a is them. They're a comedic trio um, that was very popular in uh, New York City club acts, also in the Upright Citizens Brigade, the UCB yes. theaters. Yes. So they so that and then Comedy Central hired them for a, a season. So they had one season of a show. Okay. Uh, then they had. The two Michaels, Michael Showalter and Michael Ian Black, had a show called Michael and Michael Have Issues that was on for one season at Comedy Central. So their comedy, though, is very, very... It needs the right audience. Like I said, I just named two shows that only lasted a season each. Now, Reno 911, which features four or five of the cat members of the, the, of the state, had... I think nine seasons on Comedy Central on, and a for, movie. It went on forever. So you can see that, and I've seen episodes. I've so, seen that. Yeah. I mean, the, the the thing that is, the state was genius because they all got full credit um, for everything. Although a lot of the times, you, like when you watch the opening credits for the state, you'll you'll see cast members come up, and you'll be like, I don't remember him in one sketch. It, because what they did is they would credit they saw themselves very much as a creative unit so David Wayne did a lot of the directing one of the other guys directed the majority of it one of the other guys edited edited it a lot some of them were more involved in writing 
less so in performing, but they maintained giving themselves um, uh, recognition across the board. Okay, equal. Equal. No, they were a group. They were that's a group. How they were going to be represented. Right. Even if one of them wasn't involved with that certain project. Right. They still got you'll the see, royalties. You'll, you'll see. Oh yeah, you'll wow. see. You'll see. There's a couple people like you watch the opening. You'll recognize the same like seven people are the stars of the majority of the sketches. And I sure. think there's 10 or 11 in the state altogether. Okay. But the other ones were the ones that were directing. The other, They were the ones editing the final product. Okay. So, but they didn't want to say, well, just because so-and-so is like the face of this sketch doesn't mean that everyone else involved in the state. It was very much, it's such, it was such a collective. Okay. Um, which I think ultimately led to their downfall because I think at some point their show became very expensive because a sketch comedy like Kids in the Hall is what, five or six characters? Yeah. Five or six actors? Yeah. So that's we're talking double the paychecks to if you want to hire the state. It, there were like ten or twelve of them? Ten or eleven. All the all together. One female who played all That's right. And she in those clips that she sent that you sent me. Yes. And in the deleted scene I yes. see her. She's good. She's, she's very, very good. She's, she's in Reno she's in Reno nine one one. Oh, I she's think I know very, her yeah, in yeah. that too. She's okay. very, very good. Okay. So I mean, you've got a lot of the different um things. And one of the, and one of the ca- one of the cast members of the state, um, I'm not sure what he does anymore. Uh, was openly gay, which is why I think that, like, in a movie like this, um, homosexuality is not to be... is not to be the punchline. Well, and it, and it harkens back to what I was saying from my own personal experience going to camp myself. Like, it's just... I was very accepted, even though my behavior was very gay, you know? Right. Like, for the most part, I was... Uh, it was actually kind of, like championed a little yeah. bit you know so so and i did sing i did have talent so it's like that did yeah you know that so did uh, so the they idea. they worked with one of their you know one of their fellow state members so like having a gay they're not going to that's they have so much respect for each other that they're not going to be like yeah well in the ceremony i mean the ceremony is out away from everybody if anything the i think ceremony the ceremony itself is goofy not because it's two men but because it's this is like a weird hippie kind of ceremony yeah, you've but got I didn't everyone's even find it goofy it's not even i wouldn't even say it's yeah. goofy but it's like everyone's in the water literally everyone's the guy's playing the guitar oh, yeah. he's standing in the water yes, yes. so like it is it it's it's not goofy but it's kind of like this is totally what a hippie commune ceremony would be like. <laughs> yeah, a is. wedding, it a hippie is. commune it wedding is. would be like. It is, and so and, there and is the, humor in that. Yeah, the joke. Yeah. The yeah. joke isn't that it's two men getting married. It's just that look at this. This is fucking ridiculous. Everyone's <laughs> standing like waist deep in water, like, yes. and they're yes. and they're here to join these two people. Yeah, that's the joke. The joke yes. isn't the fact that it's two men, which I and I think that I I, I appreciate and I gotta say I like. The, there is a love scene. It's not explicit, but there is a love scene between Bradley Cooper and Michael Ian Black, and it's more of a sex scene. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> but let's just—they don't shy away. Let's not—they don't shy away from the fact that this, these are two straight men making out and undressing each other. Well, like I said, it's the only—they're the only ones that are really kind of like taken. It's not. Uh, I mean, do I say straight? That's handled straight. You know, that's like, it's not played for laps. We've already right. said this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah because the, other, the, the, the relationships between the men and the women are completely toxic. Yeah. Uh, Paul yeah. Rudd's making out with Elizabeth Banks, and then all of a sudden says, you taste like hamburger. I don't think I like you anymore. Yeah. Like, who's... And, and the way they mash face is just disgusting. Oh, it's... Di- Paul oh, Rudd yeah, loves she's... to just smack and smack and smack yeah. while he's kissing. He, uh, let's, it's, uh, it's that sound that you just want to yeah. screaming away from when two people are making out the, next to you. So, the cast is... I, I think part of the... Uh, the reason that it got such a cult following is that this cast is great. Yeah. What? We've talked about the cast. It's an all-star cast. They all went to yeah. do big things. Yeah. Do we really have anything else to say? Well, there's... Okay, so there's... It also reminded me... <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. 
It reminded me of Moonrise Kingdom, which is a movie that does disturb me. It was one of the three movies that I watched that I started to see things in movies, and um, I was able to tie together uh, subtext narratives that were going on. Um, so I remember. I've never seen it. Oh, you haven't? Okay, and it's not, and it's even though it's Wes Anderson, it's directed by a Coppola. It's directed by a, one of the lesser known Coppolas. Uh, that which is interesting to note. Should I tell you my is opinion? Do you want my opinion on Wes Anderson? Well, you don't like him, right? No. Yeah. Well, I that's don't. fine. Okay. I, I mean, I don't care. Okay. I'm not a huge. Oh, fan. I'm just saying that I've never seen Moonrise King. I'm familiar. Oh, yeah. Bruce Willis is it? No. Um, Harvey Keitel, Ed Norton. Norton. And I like Ed Norton, and I like Harvey Keitel. It fucked me up. Okay. okay, that's all I can say. And it fucked me it fucked me up for reasons that it wouldn't fuck other people up. Uh, so yeah, so there's Moonrise Kingdom. I'm just I'm just I'm, in, I'm you know, I'm just trying to find other movies that are like summertime. There aren't many summer camp movies. I never Not saw recently. Meatballs. Did Me- you see it, Meatballs? Me- well, there's a, there first of all, there's like a 100 Meatballs. Yeah. There's Ernest uh, Ernest Goes to Camp was a big one that I saw. And that's a that's a summer camp movie? Mm-hmm. That's I'm mixing that up with Bernie the Bernie movies where the, they're schlepping around Oh, you around know Ernest, right? Yeah, right, right, Jim right. Varney. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. So it's Ernest Goes to Camp. Okay. Yeah, that was the first one. That was that was a favorite of mine. Okay. Um, but, yeah, but I now, mean... there is another movie. There's, a mo- there's actually a movie called Camp that I love. It's a summer camp for for actors, for kids who want to be in the arts. No way. For the performing arts. When's yeah. this from? It's from... The early 2000s. Okay. Yep. Um, who's in it? Oh, you know who's in it? In one of her first roles ever? Anna Kendrick. No way. Anna Kendrick is this little girl who poisons... Anna Kendrick is beautiful. Well, I'm glad you think so. That's I know a... very diplomatic of you to say. A lot of people don't like watching her on the screen. No offense, Anna Kendrick, if you ever listen to this. I think you're I awesome. think she. I think um, she's gorgeous. So, uh... But there's no she accounting plays, for taste. She plays, uh, she plays this girl who poisons her roommate who has the lead in the show. She poisons her with, like, a bottle of Downy, I think. What? Yes. And so the girl pukes Is this a comedy? Camp is a comedy. Oh, okay. Camp right. is a total comedy. All right. Yeah, all right, it's a okay. summer camp movie. You know, it's just it's about kids who are in the You ever seen arts. Sleepaway Camp? Okay. Well, this is not a slasher flick. Okay. <laughs> no. So... Can I, where was I going? Camp. You, you She's poisoning her with you a bottle me, of Downy. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> the punchline's lost. You interrupted me like three times. I apologize. <laughs> I think we're grasping at straws at this point. I think. No, I was on oh, a roll. Oh, okay. The, I was I, I want to know. Anna Kendrick, up for a roll in a camp, poisons... She like the girl. The girl pukes on stage, and she shoves her out of the way and takes over. She's like ready to take over the show, and she takes over the song. And this is Stephen Sondheim's song too. What song? It's called "The Ladies Who Lunch." Patti Lapone is singing it on Broadway in the revival right now. No way! And it's a bitter song. It's a bitter song about oh. all women pretending to be something that they're not. And so little Anna Kendrick is singing this song. And at the very end of the song, she's so scary in it. The very end of the song, it's the, so, so everybody rise, rise, and the way Anna Kendrick does it, she she makes everyone in the audience stand up because they're so scared of her. Wow! <laughs> it's it's a really good movie. It's a really funny movie, and it's it's got a lot of subversive elements in it. Um, like the the musical director is an alcoholic, so every time he goes into his suitcase or into his bags, all you hear are bottles rattling together. So that's it. There's camp. Camp is a good flick. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention is that you said this is Bradley Cooper's first role. I think so. Okay, and is it, he's set to play Leonard Bernstein now? I think. Right. That's what I've heard. And I heard that as I was coming out, leaving my house to come here to watch Wet Hot American Summer with you. So it's worth mentioning that. But you don't want to see that, do you? I, I do not. I do not. First of all, I don't really want to see a movie about Leonard Bernstein. Okay. Second of all, I don't want to see Bradley Cooper play well, Leonard Bernstein. I was going to say, if you had your way, there there was go- the the studio said, Andrew, we're doing a Leonard Bernstein biopic. Who who do you think would be 
suitable to play Leonard Bernstein. Oh, you know who comes to mind right away? Who? That dude from Schitt's Creek. Levy. Eugene Levy. <laughs> Eugene Levy. I think he'd be perfect. <laughs> that, see, now, now, now you're talking a movie I want to see. That'd be interesting, That right? would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have Oliver Stone directed or something. No, like did, like, no, Well, no, like no. he did with uh, with Nixon. Who'd he put in? He put Anthony Hopkins as Nixon. Right, he so did. So that'd be that kind of thing, you know? So, um. Do you want to wrap this up? I got to go to the bathroom. I gotta take a piss. I think this is appropriate to say since we're dealing we're, with wet, we're, hot American wet, summer. wet hot American that's summer. Something Paul Rudd would that, say. That's you the, can wrap this up while that, I go take. That's a leak. the wet part. Is Andrew's going to relieve relieve himself? Uh, for Andrew, this is Chris. Thank you once again for joining us on our jaunt into a, a summer camp, and thank you for for uh, listening. We're coming up on our year anniversary, and uh, we've got a lot of great movies coming your way so we thank you all for your support and thank you for listening and um tune in uh next time for another cult classic thank you all